Hey, this is Akuya Jamfi, and you're listening to TBB Talks, a podcast where we from the British Blacklist bring you our conversations with creative black folk from the UK and across the globe. We'll be talking to up and comings, headline popping, and the legends from screen, stage, music, and literature. Basically, if they're creative, we'll be talking to them. And we hope to shed some insight into their lives, the work that they choose, who their inspirations are, how they stay motivated, and more importantly, how they keep sane being black in the arts and entertainment world. My name is Priscilla Owusu. I'm here with the Mosulik team at the BFI Southbank for the BFI Podstock event, which, from which they've just finished their live show. Guys, would you like to just introduce yourselves? Hello, I'm Derek Owusu. I'm Alex Reeds. I'm Rafer. It's great. Lovely to meet you guys. And can I just say, absolutely awesome show. Um, I really enjoyed it. I like the setup. How was it for you? How was it like doing a live show oh. as opposed to being in the studio? I, it I guess as it always is. Yeah, right? yeah. Like nerve wracking before, and then you go out and you just end up just doing the same thing we do in the studio. Mm-hmm. So it just becomes mm-hmm. that much easier each time we do it. Yeah. But it's still, it's still nerve wracking. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're never, you're never sure who's going to be in the crowd. You're yeah. Never sure whether people are going to like enjoy Interact it. Interact and enjoy. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's quite, it's great fun. Um, informal. We don't really like script or anything, so we literally do exactly what we would do when we're recording. And it's always nice to have interaction, just to have a difference of opinion, not just like us three, but we, yeah. we do a lot. Like we encourage the audience to talk, mm-hmm. so that we can be challenged as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's really great fun. Yeah. yeah. So tell, for those who don't know about Mostly Lit, um, can you tell us a bit about how you guys got started, how you all met? Um, so we started in, what year was it? 2016. 2016, so yeah. Ray and I started the podcast around that time. And then Derek, we invited Derek in a bit later on. Um, and from there we just um, just grown. We just literally talk about books, pop culture, anything around those topics so yeah. sometimes we do delhi into film but we do delhi into film and then delhi into music and other things but we do try to keep a firm conversation on literature yeah and from our perspectives as young black yeah. british people and yeah then we got the mostly flick section mm-hmm. and we as you probably saw in the show we just dissect the film we just try to figure out ways in which we can kind of like change and have different perspectives and different questions mm-hmm. around the, the, the topics that we produce how did you get into the move from talking just about literature to moving on to the film side of things? Because I noticed that in your cast there's always quite an intersection between mm. lots of different genres yeah. or, or mediums, actually, or channels, I should say. I mean, I think it was a natural growth considering that we, we always talked about film from the beginning. So right. we'd, I think our, one of our first episodes was adaptations and, and films that have been turned to books and which ones are our favourites and which ones didn't work. And so I think it was a natural thing. The biggest difference was that we have now put a stamp to it, so now we have a mostly flick section. Whereas before we talk about books and film would kind of, you know, pitter patter around the subject, but Mm -hmm. now we actually focus on it because we've seen that it's something that we like to talk about and our audience Mm -hmm. likes to hear. Yeah. I'll say that was more so Ray and Derek's kind of, because I'm not a huge film person, but like I've kind of become more of a film watcher since they provided the, the section within the show so it was a bit like so it's, a, it's growth for me at yeah. the same time a lot of the times they're like have you not seen this film and I'm like no, no. <laughs> like, you know what I mean so it's one of them one of those things again as Ray said you know natural progression into those things yeah and um, yeah do you feel that with that kind of progression to film and to other things like TV and music um, in the show you were discussing Beyonce and whether or not she does things for her fans or whether the fans are demanding of her yeah do you feel that th- 
those kind of discussions encourages the people that come to your shows or listen to your podcast who aren't readers, as it were. Yeah. I mean, I think it does. I think whatever gets them into the door, you know, it's kind of like like church you entice them with drill music and then you, you give them the sermon afterwards you know what I mean so I want to know about that church <laughs> you know, I mean, we can quite equate reading books but, sermons no but I mean, yeah, I mean you, you, tell, you say pop culture Beyonce blah blah okay boom and then we hit them with the great Gatsby and then hopefully you know oh, they can relate you to, have to you have to push him of course although I, I do think that that's not to say that for example when we do talk about books it is from the eyes of three black British individuals and so it will inevitably be very different to how other mediums look at books yeah and so Beyonce and all this this pop culture reference may help people get through the door yeah. but it's not to say that when we start talking about books it's a serious yeah. thing you know yeah. it's still very much how we would talk about anything else but now it's a subject that maybe you're not used to hearing yeah. uh, three black British people talking about it. Yeah. I yeah. guess in some ways it's serious because we just care about yeah. books and kind of yeah. the stories that are within it. Mm. But you know, but we're not like hardcore traditionalists when it we comes can to be. them. Some can <laughs> yeah. be. Yeah. You have some very strong opinions I've heard. <laughs> so, yeah. No, it's good. <laughs> it's actually good. Um, I read on your website that you say like your aim is to kind of deconstruct the image of a reader as a bookish solitary type person. Mm. And I was kind of like a bit stung because I was like, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, how t- why is that important to you to try and take that away? that image away? <laughs> I guess I think it's because we've all kind of had misconceptions about ourselves at certain points in our lives just sure. because we do enjoy reading yeah. and we all come from different perspectives on that mm-hmm. so deconstructing that and kind of just making the reader someone who is multifaceted and has a different and kind of have a different perspective and look different and be different mm-hmm. that's kind of what we want to achieve with this. Mm-hmm. Am I right in saying this, guys? Yeah, I, I agree. And I do think that there's nothing wrong with being solitary and like reading. Yeah. Um, I just think that that should not be the only right. reader that is out there. Because yeah. if that is the image that we're putting across, then a, a vivacious young girl who maybe doesn't, isn't so introverted and doesn't just like yeah. to sit by herself and read, maybe won't feel welcome. Maybe they won't feel like reading is something that they should do, yeah. that they would like doing. And I think... As, as Alex says, having this multifaceted idea of what a reader is, what books are, what reading can look like, mm. is very important. Yeah. So, in other words, it's. Do you think it's more to encourage people that probably would like to read more but don't feel they can because reasons? Mm. And do you feel that your podcast brings that element to it to encourage people who are who feel that a bit outside of things? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I think. I think um, when it comes to readers. I mean, I don't think it's just the kind of, you know, the solitary introvert image yeah. that that comes to mind. It just, it's the, like, the neek or the bod, as they used to say, in, you know, in my day, you know, <laughs> that comes to mind. I think one thing that I particularly try to do is just try and have, like, so when you think of a reader, there's not one image that comes to mind. There's loads of different images. That could, even for men, when they think of a reader, they usually think of a woman who's reading. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, that what I try to do. That's why when I'm talking about books as well, I just make as many jokes as I can. I throw in as many references as I can. I make sure that I'm not trying to speak in a particular kind of way. Do you know what I mean? And when I realize that I am, then I quickly just snap back into Derek, you know, pull off arm, that kind of shit. You know what I mean? So it's just making it. I wouldn't even say making it relatable. I think making it 
Well, no, but I don't even think it's about an access thing because they can have access and still just not want to read. Mm. It can be relatable and they still won't want to read yeah. it. Do you know what I mean? It's just it's just giving it a new face. Do you understand? Yeah. yeah. Turning it in, almost like giving it another name. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Giving reading another name, giving literature, even the word literature. Mm. Say literature to the mandate. They just think, oh my God, yeah, it's, heavy. Liter- it's, it's, hev- it's a heavily it's loaded word. word. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I think it's just about really just kind of stripping everything away and just coming out with some fresh brand new, you know? Yeah. I think one of the strengths is that, you know, not only are you doing that and you're kind of bringing elements, all the things that make you you and the things that you enjoy as um, as readers, as young people, is that you'll be talking about something really, you know, to some kind of pop culture reference at one point, then one of you, usually you, Derek, will just suddenly drop something about um, the bearable lightness of being. Mm. <laughs> and everyone's kind of like, wait, wait, what? where did that spring from? And I think that is actually kind of the strength in that you don't normally expect to hear a young black British person start talking about yeah. like a heavy philosophy book Absolutely. such as The Unbearable Light of Being. So mm. is that what a deliberate thing on your part? Do you go actively seek out these books you were not criticised, but mm. the point was made about you liking the dead white male the writers? Right. The, thing is, the, thing is, the thing is that I, when I first started reading, and I was reading dead white males. I didn't know they were dead white males. Okay. I didn't know I was reading classics. I thought Oscar Wilde was still alive. I thought D.H. Lawrence was still alive. I didn't know these people were dead. I was just okay. reading, do you understand? Yeah. I thought John Green was Graham Green. Do you understand? So yeah. I didn't, <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, sometimes when I'm talking, these things will just come out. Sometimes I am deliberate though, with yeah. what I, the way I put two things together. Again, that's a gateway for people to come yeah. into the book. Sometimes you have to exceed the expectations of what people expect. Mm. Does that make any sense? <laughs> Yeah. Because it's just, you know, like they would expect us to be talking about, you know, like if we talk about stereotypical works, they'd be like, okay, 48 Lots of Power, we're going to all talk about that book, we're all going to talk yeah. about just things that they typically see like young black people reading yeah. or expecting them to read stereotypically. Yeah. And, you know, we all have our quirks with regards to the books that we want to just throw in and that people will be like, whoa, he's read that, she's read that, she thinks yeah. this or that. Nothing's off limits. Nothing. Things off limits. Okay, um, so I'm gonna park the reading side of things, but just wanted to talk about the industry like with publishing, it is being criticized and rightly so for being lacking in diversity. And the phrase hideously white and middle class has reared its head again. Do you think that things can change or things are changing? The fact that you guys have really quite made quite a lot of strides within the industry, I don't know. I think I things know. are changing in that there are a few people, more people writing, more people color writing specifically more black people writing. I don't know if things are changing internally in terms of the people within these places who are responsible for putting the books out there into the market. I think we use diversity a lot, but at the end of the day, a company is a company, right? And they will use whatever means possible in order to sell books. We might look at it as, oh, this artistic endeavor where people are writing, which is what I really love publishing house or whatever is still something that needs to drive business mm-hmm. so whatever book that they're going to choose it will be something that they think will sell right. and I think it's that understanding on their part what do we think black people would want to read okay. and they'll probably get it wrong they'll probably get it right it's an ongoing discussion yeah. but the right people need to have that discussion it's just one of those professions where they are kind of judged on what they produce mm. and it's like similar to journalism and there are a lot of there are a lot of companies and professions that are having the same issues mm. that they're having, mm. but they just don't see it because they're not necessarily 
public facing in the same way yeah. or consumer facing like that. I would always say that it's moving slowly. I think yeah, people are talking about, but it comes in waves. Like what Mallory Blackman said to us is that she's seen this before. She's seen this twice before. It's probably going to come and then it's going to go again. You know. Also, with the fact that we have almost entrenched ourselves into the publishing industry, I do sometimes feel like we're just the face that they use to say, "Look, we are inclusive." When it comes to certain awards or certain things, they're like. Let's just let's throw a mostly lit on it. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. then boom, and then it is it's fine. Do you understand? Tokenist deck. Yeah, definitely. Do you so feel it's like it's kind of very on trend to have a black face? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's a conscious. Conscious. I think it's a conscious decision. I don't know if it's on trend. I black think, has always sold. I think we in London we have always made this mistake of thinking that London is the entire universe. It's not. I mean, outside of London, outside of big cities like Manchester, Birmingham, and London. I don't think there's any kind of conversation about diversity going on at all. There isn't. Do you know what I mean? To say that, you know, things are moving forward and this happened, blah, 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 I think that is, we're blinded by our own London arrogance to think that the UK is changing. So I don't I don't think it is. I think I agree with Malawi that it's going to come and it's going to go. While it's here, let's make the most of it. Let's try and do as much as we can, create this whole Black British Renaissance thing that's happening, yeah. and then the next generation can draw from it and then create their own stuff. I think that's what we should focus on now. Not thinking that we're now about to change the entire face of publishing. I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. I think it's very cynical, I guess, but mm. I, do, I think it's honest. So you don't think that... I was going to say that, yeah, things are changing, but there is a sense that, you say, it's we've seen it before mm. when people get up in arms about it, and it feels almost like rather than seeing it as a, some, a force for societal good, whereby different people are sharing their stories, different faces yeah. are being seen and different voices are being heard. It's like, we'll do this for now and then once we kind of, no. okay, no. then we'll... Do you know what, I think I had a conversation with I cannot remember how it went, but there was a bit in there that I spoke about and somebody said, um, while this has happened before and they were still striving for social change and social kind of societal like growth and whatnot, our generation is very much a capitalistic one. So therefore it's kind of like a, I feel like it's a strive for power and strive for kind of recognition and capital strength and capital yeah. change. So while the societal change kind of went around and it kind of came and went, I think that our generation might be the one to kind of pick up and put the money behind it so it sustains and continues. Okay. Um, I don't know how mm. much of that is true, is true or, or, pro or I prophesied. Think, I think that won't happen purely because we don't really understand the way capitalism works so for example yes capitalism is individualistic but at the same time they then invest back into capitalism because they want it to maintain Continue. itself and thrive whereas we are individuals full stop we don't want to invest money in a system of our own we just want to thrive by ourselves yeah. and I think as well we subconsciously also know that this moment this black bridge moment isn't going to last very for much longer and that's why there's so many people scrambling and trying to get theirs they don't want to bring anybody in yeah. they're like well you do it by yourself and but, I did it by myself and it, you will know take, I mean? it will take a select few to continue it because it was only a select few that really contained the ideals of another of another race that was in control of these systems there was a select few that kind of imparted those ideas yeah. if you see what I mean yeah so, there's always some that I guess, one, I guess who knows is the answer do you think that with things being the way they are because there is a lot of people who are self-publishing and who are creating those spaces for themselves do you think that that instead of being the instead of using the established norms of like publisher um, company what have you people are just going to start doing what essentially what you guys have done which is create a space for yourselves and bring in other people in 
that way? Do you think that more of that would happen? Um, I think that has always happened. People have always, push comes to shove, you always you always want to create what you want. Sometimes it's small because you don't have much power. Sometimes it's big. Sometimes it takes hold and people listen and see. Sometimes it doesn't. And I think that partly depends on the person, whether you're more entrepreneurial or maybe you're not, or maybe playing it safe because you're thinking about other people. Self-publishing, and I think it's all great. And putting your work out there in any shape or form, in the way that you know how to is, is amazing. Mm. And I think more people should do it as a community. To just buy the, the, the shit, yeah, yeah. Like we just, we just need to invest in ourselves. But as as a as, if you a, want as a whole, if, if you want to, if you want the product that is there, that's what I'm yeah. saying. The more capitalistic side is, if it's produced and you want that, you don't want it. I would still buy it. Okay. <laughs> just just to let the movement last just a little bit longer. Do you find yourself buying things or books or, or supporting just to support? Things, just to support. Yeah. Isn't that the question? Hey. Yeah. I do. Yeah. yeah, I've got so many doubles because the publisher sent us the book, but I was still going to buy it. Just say yeah. I bought it, I, I did my part, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, or I'll tweet something, or like with Robin Travis, the way I was pushing my mind, like I was really. Like you wrote the book yourself? Yeah, I was really pushing them down people's throats because yeah, I just was, thought, this is a crazy. guy, I've not read a novel like this before, but, and he's, you know. But that's sometimes so ridiculous because I was on the tube and I saw somebody reading it, and because we kind of had oh, that connection, we, saw, oh, we had that connection, because there was that kind of connection that we had with it, yeah. I, I saw that and you I was. You almost like, feel a bit responsible for and it. It wasn't a black man reading it, it was yeah. like this white man reading mm. the book, and I was like, wow. <laughs> like it just it just felt kind of like well all right we did push it but who's to say that somebody just didn't speak about it in conversation in it yeah in or, probably did or whatever <laughs> you see what I mean or you probably walked in and picked it up off the shelves but you never know it was just nice to think that he was sitting there anything to let the, the train run a bit long a bit longer <laughs> well, than yeah, it should yeah absolutely I mean I think that's something that's always been that you know you always try and support your people as it were because you know that this might just be a flash in the pan we might not get another chance like this and even though we're in the minority there's a lot of, we've got a lot of currency in what we can do and if, even if it's just us that are listening or reading or watching a certain artist then that's fine but as long as other people as long as they yeah. get what they need yeah. Yeah. So it's always conditional though it's, I always see it as like for example this new guy what's his name Osh the guy my yay is, is different to your yay you know what the yay guy is I'm right now twitter is making him he's going to get record though he's going to release a single it's, going it's to probably going to go land viral in, like live in, uh, like land in the like, top 10. like man's not hot but it's conditional as long as you don't piss us off if he pisses <laughs> us off we're going to destroy him hasn't yeah. that always been the case yeah, yeah. no okay. i don't i don't think it's always conditional <laughs> so you're trying to tell me that if you're like i don't know your favorite artist did something it's and it wasn't nice or you would you still continue to support do you know what it is it's, 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 it's more where it started and it's also what they did do you know what i mean this i'm telling you this cancel culture this is new this is not this when i was younger and i was listening to dmx this guy was worshiping the devil all this kind of stuff did you know this at Three, the time yeah of course i knew but i was still pumping dmx in my headphones was, of course I was but still is pumping. that is that like if dmx if for example dmx did something yeah and you were still pumping his music. Do you think that was right? Like, if I'm a Christian and this guy's talking about he's worshiping the devil, yeah, that's equivalent to him doing something physically wrong to somebody yeah. as well. It could, do you know what I mean? Part, yeah. it's, so it's morally, trans, then it's a moral you, transgression. But then, did you? But I don't know. Like, I was just like, it's. All, I feel like this has like people have always known, and they just choose to support them because their morals just don't. They just don't want. They just don't want to listen to their morals. I would always. I would always look at it as how they started always dictates how they how they kind of how they end 
Yeah. People, people, people in personal lives haven't always been in the spotlight you know the I mean? way they have. Do you know what I mean? If you and you know, and as you said, and as you said, if his if he started on Twitter, mm-hmm. or if they started virally, the yeah. and they and you know, it, it means it's a good springboard to start what you want to do. But it's yeah. how is how you maintain that consistency yeah. across mm. that space yeah. to get yeah. to get out of the great area. You have yeah. to carry on being a nice guy. Therefore, and that, yeah. and, what, and so the rest can just be kind of erased yeah. or forgotten about, and yeah. then. I think the difference is is that before there was no real separation between the person and their art and now we have mm. that separation mm. and so for instance um, I think earlier this year or was it late last year mm. Juno Diaz yeah yeah when the, all the controversy about oh, him Gino. came out mm. and I was so devastated I was like yeah. oh really yeah. <laughs> I really love Drown yeah. <laughs> But when all the controversy came out, it's like mm. my timeline all the time was like, he's, he's dead to me, I don't like him, I'm burning his books. It's like, no one's oh, doing that. It's uh, very it's like, yeah. The performance is a lot. It was a lot, because mm. I was kind of like, I, I like his books and I liked his stories, mm. but I always found them very problematic. Yeah. There was always that element of... There's always, yeah. there, was some, there was always something there. Yeah. <laughs> I remember saying there this was, to my friend, I was there, like, there's there was, something... There was something whereby yeah, yeah, you yeah, kind yeah. of... I guess the line between the character and him, him was a bit too blurred for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We had this conversation. Yeah, we had this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. about this we, we in the episode, episode that we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Was, I'm sorry I didn't hear that. Yeah. No worries. <laughs> I think you need to do it personally. I think it needs to be a personal decision. Each person needs to think, this is what I can handle and this is what I can't. Yeah. And if someone does something and your moral conscious says, I can't do this and I can't listen and I can't continue to support him knowing this information, fine. And if somebody else can, that's that like it really just just needs to be personal for you because yeah. if you go ahead listening to everyone this person should be cancelled and you're in your head in your mind in your soul it's not really adding up you still want to because it's not yeah. then sure go ahead and listen to them i think it's a very personal decision and every, everyone should decide on their own terms whether they continue they can continue supporting somebody mm-hmm. with the 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 backlog of things that they know about them. I think it yeah. should, but it never happens that way. And I do think that it's a slippery slope when we start imposing our morality onto other people. Yeah. I think that's a really slippery slope. Um, Especially when it's groupthink. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess also, we, I'm not saying that those who came against um, Juno Diaz were lying in any kind of way, mm. but I kind of feel that you're only reading what's on your timeline mm. and you don't know what's been going on. You, yeah. You've got his state, his public statement, but also you just don't really know what's going on mm. between him, between the, yeah. his detractors, between the victims and what have but you. We so think we, do. we think we do, we think but we, we don't do. always. And so, yeah, I've always found that quite interesting. Like now it's like, we're very quick to kind of go, well, I'm not reading you anymore. You know? And I'm like, yeah. well, you could have made that decision beforehand because it's not like he was hiding yeah. his yeah. thoughts about women. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you know? yeah like I personally, won't read Junior Diaz. Like I, yeah. I read, and I like. This is how you yeah, I, I tried to read this how you like. I hate it. I just I couldn't. There's something about it. I was like, this is too greasy. And I read um, Oscar Wilde and the way he wrote his female characters. I wasn't very happy with. Yeah. So I don't think I will go ahead and read Juno Diaz. Something about the way he writes just doesn't mm. doesn't sit well with me. Yeah, that's kind of I think a reasonable decision yeah. to make. Yeah. yeah, rather than base it on whatever controversy. He's a he's, horrible human being. I mean, in yeah. some cases. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. some people it's kind of fair enough to cancel. Yeah, but yeah, that that was kind of an unfortunate. Think, one you know, he's not a horrible human being, man. I think he's a trash man, and I, some I, people I, like I, trash I, men, and, and some people and don't. That's fair enough. Think, Sometimes yeah. you continue to date trash that's men, sometimes enough. you don't. I mean, like, so yeah. it's a it's a personal decision that you just have to take. It's just quote unquote a past thing yeah. that happened. He's a trash. That's fair. He's a trash man. Say he's a horrible human. But I did say he has not hidden. He's even said that 
Junior, it's kind of a reflection of him. But you know what's yeah. interesting? He was hiding in plain sight, though. <laughs> yeah. So when you guys are not reading, reviewing books, doing the podcast, what are you doing? I'm asleep. Okay. Because I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, how do you fit all this Sorry. stuff in? <laughs> so I guess uh, now I know. I'm right. You're right. right. Can you tell us more? Because I know you're editing an anthology at the moment. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's safe. It's basically about black British male experience in London. Lots of different topics, homophobia, mental health. Uh, foster care, church, names, there's lots of different subjects, road life, whatever. And yeah, so yeah, I've collated it, got all the essays together, edited, but then obviously there's another editor, okay. a, a publisher, who edits. And I'm contributing the introduction and my own essay okay. um, to the book as well. And that's going well, so that's coming on March 7th. March, okay. March, March 7th, so yeah. that should be interesting. And currently doing some poetry stuff as well, you know, okay. my writing poetry too now, so... Spoken word? No, no, not spoken word, I know. <laughs> my, poetry, my poetry lives oh. on the page. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, li- it lives on the page, so hopefully that will turn into something. I've been writing poetry for ages, I think since I was like 16. It's not something that I ever took seriously. Okay. But then I wrote one and someone was like, oh, this is this is alright. I was like, okay, let's see, let's see where I can go with this. Like I said, right now is the moment, right now is the time. Um, so I'm writing to have contributed an essay to okay. say. Then I'm hosting, I've got another podcast, it's called What Matters with Alex Reeds. That's com- one-on-one conversations with people, very varied conversations, whether like health, mental health, creative entrepreneurship, like we see where the guest takes it, and it's fun too. But I'm not doing that. Eating well. Eating well, <laughs> trying to live well, <laughs> trying to walk places because that was hard trying to kill me. Um, very different thing, I'm trying to simplify my life. Okay. I think that's basically what my thing is like trying to figure out what, how can I make this the simplest thing to do. If it yeah. means I, I don't want to expend too much energy doing things, if it means I can just walk somewhere rather than having to bustle on the bus and be angry at commuters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, if it means yeah. that I've got too many notifications or trying to clear my phone off all of this, that stuff, that's me. Um, I don't do much. I'm a trainee lawyer and You're I right. watch TV a lot. I'm a real like television person and I'm just all about brunching with my friends and <laughs> enjoying my life yeah I'm, I feel like I'm the least creative of the few right. she sells herself short She's no 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 guys 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 I, you, I, I literally know, so you've just kind of ignored the comment that you write you so write. <laughs> I mean, yeah here you're and there you're contributing to a published book yeah but it's just what yeah can you tell us a bit about that it's just um, it? yeah it's yeah. just like an essay that I'm writing for an anthology about um, Muslim women okay um, I wrote that a very long time ago so but most of the time I'm working and watching TV and brunching with my friends. That's it. Is that anthology out right now? It will be out next year. Next year? Yeah, it'll be out 2019. So I'm going to just do some really short questions, really quick ones. What is your favourite book to recommend to other people and why? The book that I would recommend to other people will always be Their Eyes Are Watching God by Zora Neale Hurston. Good choice. (laughs) Um, I think it's a book that has a lot of passion, a lot of emotion, a lot of woman, a lot of woman and I always tell every woman to read it. Mm-hmm. I don't tell men to read it. <laughs> so there's only a particular type of woman that I'll be like, I feel like you should read this book. So that's Zora Neale Hurston, The Eyes Were Watching God. The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And it's a collection of, basically, he speaks about ways to manage yourself in the world. Yeah. And, I, and like he gives certain tips on like uh, interpersonal relationships, because he's a spiritualist, so he has, he's a very, he's Mexican, 
Andes, uh, he believes in the whole Toltec, you know, traditional Mexican. But he basically just comes up with four, four agreements that you should kind of give yourself and how that would make your life so much easier if you don't take things personally, like stick to your word, don't make assumptions and all these different things. And he just rallies it around a few examples, um, which he does in prose. I think that's a book that a lot of people should kind of read. It changes your perspective on how you relate to people and figure out what gets you, I guess. But yeah, the four agreements. The book I recommend, that's one of my favourites, is Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison. Just because I think that is the black existential book. You know, it's, it's, it's about self-discovery. The narrator grapples with important questions of, of identity and blackness, even though it is from the African-American experience. There are a lot of things that can be then adopted by us being black race. Um, and it's just, it's, it's the blueprint of a novel as well. It's just perfect. The metaphors are perfect, the right is perfect character development perfect, the dialogue is perfect. The big glaring thing about the book is that he doesn't have any women in there. It's all, and that's basically a reflection of what the civil rights movement was like anyway in, 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 in America. I mean, that book blew my mind when I first read it. Okay. Um, so I always recommend Sadly, that's all we've got time for. But thank you so much, guys, for sparing the time. Thank it's you for been a thank pleasure. You. And thank you. yeah, all the very best with your next endeavours. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs>